Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and to get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Ephesians 3. Is it virtuous if you are wealthy to not live like you're wealthy? Let's consider a couple different scenarios where there might be a different answer to that. Uh, The first would be, I guess, more positive, and it would just be really the scenario of modesty. Someone that is wealthy that still chooses to live modestly. They're not flaunting their wealth, but they live within those means and even below their means and are perhaps generous with their wealth. And if you knew them, you might not know the the extent of their wealth. Maybe you could consider that, that modesty obviously would be a virtue. But if there's someone that is worth millions of dollars and and they have access to all of these riches, you know, if they uh, get into a little fender bender and they're coming to you begging, hey, can you help me fix my car? I really, really need your help to, to, to fix my car. Is that virtuous? Someone coming and begging you for help uh, financially when they actually have all the money that they need to cover whatever expense that it is, now that would not be virtuous. And that, I think, is really a good picture for us to have as we come here to Ephesians 3. So much of what we have seen in Ephesians is Paul reminding the Ephesians of the riches that they have. They have every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. We just saw how you have access beyond what we ever would have thought possible. You have access to God. So these people who are so incredibly spiritually rich, it would not be virtuous for them to have an attitude that did not reflect that. They don't need to be spiritual beggars. And really what we're going to see in chapter three is Paul showing an example of that. Paul, even though he is a prisoner, and so you might say, oh man, how rough is it for Paul? He, he's a prisoner. Paul by no means is pitying himself. Paul is not just down in the dumps because of his circumstances. Paul's attitude reflects the reality that he is rich in Christ. And he closes with a prayer that the Ephesians would realize the same thing. And so that's my prayer for you as you look at Ephesians 3, that you would walk away from this chapter with a realization of the wealth and the riches that you have in Christ so that you would not be a spiritual beggar. Don't pity yourself today. Don't feel sorry for yourself today if you are in Christ because you have so much in him. You see Paul, again, offering himself as an example here, even in how he words the first verse. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. So he highlights there that he is a prisoner. But what you will see is he doesn't view that as a, oh, whoa, is me. I'm a prisoner. 
He really views it as a privilege because he has been able to help reveal and explain this mystery that we talked a little bit about yesterday in our last reading, but he makes it very clear what this mystery is. First, he makes it clear categorically. What does he mean by mystery? We're not talking about a a murder case. We're not talking about a whodunit, um, a mystery What he means by that is something, verse 5, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That's what he means categorically by a mystery, something that was not known in previous generations, but now the Spirit has revealed it and made it clear. So that's categorically what he means by mystery, but what specific mystery is he talking about here? Verse 6 explains that. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And again, we talked about that yesterday, that Gentiles could become basically Israelites in Old Testament times, but now this mystery is that the Gentiles can be partakers in this blessing as Gentiles. They don't need to be circumcised. They don't need to adhere to all these things in the Mosaic Covenant. They are a part of the body of Christ, and God is doing a new thing, really, called the church, with Jew and Gentile united in Christ, uh, both having access to this unfathomable wealth in Christ, through Christ, all Jew and Gentile have access to these riches. And then verse 7 gets back to Paul, and again, expressing his uh, satisfaction with where he is because of the privilege that he has had to be a minister of this ministry. And going back to the illustration with which we started, I think you see in Paul that right modesty. Paul understands Uh, the wealth that he has in Christ, but he is very humble about that wealth. Uh, He talks about how he was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. So it was not because of who he was that he was made a minister. It was God's grace. And he expands on that in verse eight, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So you see, he senses incredible privilege at what he gets to do. And he realizes that he is not worthy. It was a gift of God's grace, and he is the very least of all the saints. But what does he get to proclaim? He gets to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ. And you see then, again, he's offering himself as an example. Verse 13, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So Paul is saying, not only do I not feel bad for myself for being a prisoner, you don't feel bad for me either, because now you know the 
unsearchable riches of Christ because of the ministry by God's grace that he gave me to serve you. So let's stop having a pity party about me being in jail. Let's stop uh, having a pity party about sufferings we may experience in life or persecution as a Christian because of how rich we are. So you see Paul's mindset, I am not down in the dumps. I am not pitying myself because I am in prison. I actually am privileged with uh, the ministry of proclaiming the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, what we see at the end of the chapter, and really one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible, is really Paul praying for them that they would have a similar mindset. He, he is praying. Uh, he bows his knee to the Father. And what is he asking? Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, in your inner being. So he's asking that they would be strengthened with power. And again, according to the riches of his glory. So Paul's saying, I am praying that you would have a, an inner strength, an inner power that matches the riches that you have access to. I am praying that you wouldn't just walk through life feeling defeated and pitying yourself because you would have a power based on, it's not my riches, but the riches I have access to in God. And also uh, that we would have a sense of the love of God. In verse 17, he talks about being rooted and grounded in love. So using both an agricultural uh, picture there of being rooted and then a construction uh, metaphor of being grounded, having a a foundation in love. And, And you need that, verse 18, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He is saying, Christ loves you more than it is even possible to fully comprehend. And I am praying that you would have strength to comprehend more of that. It seems again that Paul is concerned with them not having a high enough appreciation for the love of Christ. He doesn't seem concerned that they would be too aware or uh, think too much of the love of Christ because it is so unfathomable. And then he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our God can do far beyond what we could imagine. And when he says here, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, I think he is thinking of that mystery that he's proclaiming. The Gentiles can be included in this promise. That's more than we could ask or think. And I think he's saying that's just a taste of of what God can do. That's what God does. He does more than we ask or think. So my prayer for you, and really as we look at this passage, there's not a lot of specific imperatives. In fact, there's not any imperatives in this chapter. We'll get to a lot of those as we get to chapter four. But what we see today is really something I hope will shape and will really change your mindset today. Don't go through today with a mindset of being spiritually impoverished. Of course, that's what you are without Christ. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But now you are in Christ. And because you are in Christ, you have access to all of the spiritual blessings possible in him. 
So don't be going through today having a pity party for yourself. Don't have an attitude that's just defeatist and down, even though you may be suffering today, even though there may be hardship today. Be strengthened in your inner being, really, according to the riches of the glory of God. Like Paul, realize, wow, I am so blessed in Christ uh, because of what I have in him. I hope that encourages you today. I hope that strengthens you. I hope you have a greater sense of the love of Christ. And I hope you have a greater sense even of the power of God who can do abundantly more than we could ask or think. And let's live in the light of those riches today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.